Hey, hi, and hello. My name is Mike Aries, and welcome back to Super Beats, the music of heroes and villains. I want to start off by saying that, like I said in my earlier episode for the 2023 New Year resolution, I it's been four hours. I don't even remember if I said it. I had made a link tree, and it has my Twitter, my League of Comic Geeks, my Spotify podcast, Twitter, oh, and my Instagram account. So that way you're able to keep up with whatever I'm posting on any given day. So my Instagram account might have, well, my Instagram account is going to have maybe the covers of certain issues that I like, maybe a couple of scenes. My Twitter account, as you know, will pretty much be whatever comes to my mind during certain days whenever comic books are being talked about. Um, Spotify account, which is really just my podcast. If you can't find my podcast, you can always just click the link tree and it will always be right there, hopefully. And League of Comic Geeks, if you want to be able to, if you want to be able to see what I'm reading, what I have an interest in, or just read any reviews that I might write that I don't add into the podcast, you'll be able to find it there. But, um, yeah, let's go ahead and get into this. Oh, and I'm going to refer to this as the second season of me doing my reviews since this is a new year. And first up on the chopping block is, like I said, all, like I said in my earlier episode, well, in my resolution episode, and no, just to say right now, what I'm going to review today is all of the DC comics that came out this week. So, to get started, Poison Ivy number eight. I know this issue. And perhaps this arc for Ivy is going to be controversial for people that actually like the character. But I did like this issue. Ivy meets someone from her past who helps her out of a sticky situation. And she learns that this person that's helping her has, I think, a bump or a tumor on her liver. And throughout this issue... While Ivy's talking to this woman, she's she's doing a lot of self-reflecting. I personally don't mind it. I actually don't mind that this comic book series hasn't been action-packed, but it's more of Ivy being reflective, and we get to see a lot of her thoughts on majority of all the pages. Granted, I can agree with some people that we don't need to see it all the time, but I don't mind this Ivy being reflective. But um, one of the major things about this, one of the major things about this issue is Ivy is seeing the consequences of her past actions, and that's through the that's through her reconnecting with this one-off character named Janet. But based off of how based off the solicitations and how this issue ends 
Janet will be an accompanying will be an accompanying companion to Ivy as she goes throughout this new arc of her journey. I'm interested to see how it plays out because when we started when we started the cover book, Ivy had said that this was a story of love, but her re her actions are coming from a place of rage. Now, after she has defeated Jason Woodrow in issue number seven, she's not as full of rage, but I don't see this loving aspect just yet. So I'm thinking that eight through however long Jen and his companion that we'll see Ivy come more into being a loving person rather than being rage and just rage. Now, what helps with this issue is the art. It flows a bit differently, and I don't know why it flows a bit differently. It just feels like it flows a bit differently, but it it works perfectly. And there's this incredible, incredible panel that highlights the horrific beauty that Ivy is now. And it's funny because, like, when you see Ivy in this horrific, otherworldly state that she is in, it's always a hallucinogenic effect. But seeing her actually transform into that, where she has these mushrooms growing out of her shoulder, she looks a lot more plant-like, almost as if she's a more feminine version of Swamp Thing. It highlights the horrific beauty that Poison Ivy is now. Is now, and it's funny because on my um Instagram account, I had posted. Well, for all the issues I'm talking about, I had posted on my Instagram what like all the alt, co the alt covers that I liked and the alt cover well variant cover for um, Poison Ivy number 8 actually shows you what I'm talking about granted it's not horrific but it does show you this it does show you what I'm trying to say but um overall for me I like issue number 8 I want to see what happens in the future with Janet being a traveling companion, and I enjoy the fact that Ivy now actually can transform. So this is a four out of five for me. Now, Dark Knights is still number nine. We are three issues away from having this medieval DC universe closed. And while it is sad, I know that Tom Taylor has something up his sleeve. And this issue proves it. Now, if you've been following along with the series, we've seen various characters act in a manner that doesn't befit them. Even if this is a medieval storyline, it still doesn't fit the essence of a character. And, at least to my knowledge, nobody has ever been able to figure out why. But we now understand why these characters are acting the way they are. And it's such a curveball that I 
wasn't expecting it. And I'm happy to see that Tom Taylor is throwing in a lot of elements from the DC universe to build this universe. Well, from the larger DC universe to build this medieval universe and show how things can play out a lot differently. Now, I'm I'm hoping that issues 10, 11, 12 come out this year in a reasonable time slot because I cannot have just the image of Batman riding a dragon into a battle as the last thing I see. That can only hold me over for so long. And I don't want to ruin too much. I don't want to get too much into this, but pick this up. Please pick it up. This is a four, maybe a 4.5 out of five for me. It works. It's picking up, like the action is not ramping up. We're now understanding why people are acting like this. Sure, there are some deaths here and there, but we still get dynamics that we've known dynamics that are getting what's the word I'm what's what I'm thinking of that are getting established and we now are starting to see who's playing the who's playing the battlefield in such a manner that it's it's just a it's chess but it's not chess it's like, oh, okay, cool. You have the elves. You have, who was it? The Kingdom of the Storm. The Amazons. They're all pitted against each other. And then you have somebody in the background that's just like, oh yeah, oh yeah, this prophecy that y'all been doing. Oh yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it's something, all right. And just to see how they're all being manipulated. It plays out perfectly. Um, up next would be Sword of Azrael. This is a mini series, I believe, and this is the final issue, issue number six. I didn't have a lot of strong feelings regarding the series, but after reading this and reflecting on all six issues as a whole, I appreciate the journey that John Farvelli has had. This issue sums up what Azrael has been trying to do, which is he wants to move away from being this angel of vengeance into being somebody who's more in control of his own self, who's not against the angel, but works with it. And this entire series, rather issue number six, is what really forces them to come together. Mm, it did unveil some things that might come into play, hopefully later down the line. Because um, one of the things that it reveals is a mother box, which is an apocalypse, and which is basically new god technology. I'm watching an apocalypse. A mother box is new god technology. And it can also be used to make quote-unquote angels out of people so it's interesting to see how that's going to play into anything and if Azrael who's now the angel of mercy 
will be going up against new gods in the future. Because he has ran with Darkseid for a short second. So this little connective tissue is very interesting. Unfortunately, like I said, I don't have a lot of strong feelings about sort of Azrael. So this is a 3.5 out of 5. Gotham Year 1. Ooh, Gotham Year 1-ish number 4. So, very quick little summary about Gotham Year Gotham City Year 1. We're being told the history of Gotham City, I believe, from the 1900s. Yeah, from the 1900s? Yeah, 19, early 1900s. I want to say... 1920 is when this takes place. I had to look it up again. But, um, very phenomenal. It's a very phenomenal series by Tom King, who is a very. Who's a. He's a writer who makes a lot of people tense. On one side, he's good at what he does. He actually knows how to write characters perfectly well, depending on the character. On the other side, he also does a lot of character assassinations where you can have the established character traits of, let's say, Superman, Batman, um, who else? Mr. Terrific, out of, just out of those three characters. And he can write them in such a manner that what we define as their characteristic traits he erases those out of the character and he creates this character that doesn't fit what we've already known. And I don't blame him for doing that. So, I mean, some of, some of the things he's written, I'm not against. I would say, mm, maybe not with this character, but it does work out eventually. But for Gotham City Year One, Tom King having his specific writing style and writing these characters that nobody has ever really looked into works perfectly. And none more, it doesn't work even, it works more perfectly in this issue. We get the Brute, the Danes, and the Alleyway. Now, I love this issue. Slam, Brad Slam Bradley getting beat up by police in their custody due to getting blamed for the kidnapping and subsequent death of the newborn Helen Wayne. It's, it's interesting to see because he outright says it in his inner monologue that the police commissioner at the time isn't corrupt. The fact that he's actually putting his hands on somebody in police custody tells you just how much of a situation Slam Bradley is in. And after make after Slam's bail has been made, he gets taken to Wayne Manor where we see how much of a brute the Wayne Pacquiao is at that is at that time. Because he's slapping him around up to he's slapping him around until Slam grabs his hand. And tells Richard Wayne, I already been slept around enough. 
So either stop that or I'm just going to beat you soon. The two accompanying bodyguards of Richard Wayne, which are police officers, pull out their guns. And we see how much of a Korean War veteran Slim Bradley is when he beats one unconscious, takes the gun from another one, and tells him, I had 137 kills, officially. Do you really want to see how this plays out? And luckily, the bodyguard is like, you know what, Mr. Wayne? I'm saving your life by not attacking this man further. We then move on to Constance Wayne, which is the wife of Richard Wayne and Sue. The dames of the the dames of the story. Both of them are dangerous, not because of their character traits, but due to what due to the fact they put Slim into these predicaments. And nothing good can come from those. I won't say what they are. Well, I mean, if you read the comic, you know what Sue has done. And you know what Constance has done. But nothing good comes out of this situation being around those two characters. But what sells this issue? What really had me... Oh, what really had me edge in my seat... I had to reread it over and over again. We get the introduction of Crime Alley. And if you know what Crime Alley is, if you don't know what it is, Crime Alley is where Bruce Wayne, aka Batman's parents, got killed at. But Crime Alley has always been a very superstitious part of Gotham City. And Gotham Year Gotham City Year One helps to create the legend of Crime Alley. I won't say what happens, but the sequence of events in that alleyway exhibits just how evil a place it is. This kind of this series so far, I think I've hit it as either a four or three point five out of five. But issue number four, that's a four out of five. I can say that right now with my conscience clear. This is a four out of five issue. Um, let's see now. Chip Zdarsky, Chip Zdarsky's Batman number 131. So this is the second arc of his of Chip Zdarsky writing Batman. We're coming hot off the heels of the failsafe protocol, which is a robot that Batman's alternate personality had created in case Batman ever got to be too much of a threat. Um, Failsafe has transported Batman to a very different Gotham where things are um, super different. Where in the main continuity, Two-Face, aka Harvey Dent, is a former prosecutor who has, as his name says, two faces due to an access due to an acid attack in this universe harvey dent must have called up umbrella and said what is mr x's workout plan because i need to be built like him when you see judge dent 
The only thing I heard in my the only thing I saw was why is Mr. X here? This is not Umbrella. This is not a horror comic. Why is he that built? And because this is a newer Gotham, well, because it's a different Gotham City, people don't know who Batman is. And it's very clear that they don't know who Batman is. But there's a villain called Red Mask. Red Mask. And I want to see how Chip writes him because this is a new villain. Who just seeing the appearance is like, oh, that's Bruce Wayne. And we don't know if Bruce Wayne is alive in this Gotham or if he's dead. So I want to see exactly how this arc is written. What kind of character Red Mask is. And how this new Gotham that has different dynamics plays with some of the familiar faces that we know. 3.5 out of 5. Lastly, we have The Joker, The Men Who Stopped Laughing, issue number 4. I don't have a whole lot to say about this particular issue. Um, Red Hood catches up with The Joker, who's at a hospital due to, um, due to getting beaten and shot in the head in the last issue he's at a hospital he's been um he's been he well he had quote unquote surgery done to him but um joker because he's hiding from the cops he's entertaining these children with jokes some of the jokes are actually dark humor jokes and i think i posted a panel yeah, I posted like two or three panels of this on my Twitter account from this issue that I just outright enjoyed. But um, Joker avoids the police officers only to run into Jason Todd, the Red Hood, who he disrespects very casually. He says like, oh, Jason Todd asks him like, oh, why aren't you killing me again? And Jason, that's what Jason Todd says. Like, why aren't you killing me again? And Joker does a very casually says, oh, I don't tell the same joke twice. And then he escapes to head to Hollywood. Because out in Hollywood, we have this other Joker. Who we can assume came from a Mirror Master incident. So you have this amnesiac Joker meeting up with this Hollywood Joker. And I want to see how this really plays out. But... For this particular issue, this is a 3. It'd be a 3.5. Now, with all that said and done... Oh, wow. This is over 23 minutes. Yeah, with all that said and done, um, that is everything out of my DC reviews. I enjoy... Like, this is a good week. DC came out, and they really showed... Hey, if you like this, what we got planned out for the rest of the year is going to be perfect. If you look at the solicitations, I'm excited to see what happens for DC coming out this year. This is this feels like a good release week for DC. I know they got some plans in the works for some events and for this new era 
that they have, or that we're in. So I'm very excited to see what happens. Um, let's see now. So to end this, um, you can go to my Twitter account, SBS, at SBS Music underscore HNV. You can click on my link tree to see my Instagram, my Spotify, League of Comic Geeks, and I think that's it. Because you're at the you're already at the Twitter account when you're doing that. Um yeah, I think that's everything. If you read these issues this week, what did you like? Are you gonna pick up anything? If you look at the Instagram post that I did with the covers, well with the variant covers, what are your thoughts on them? If you saw the actual covers for them, and you like the A covers more than you like the variant covers, why is that? I'm very intrigued to know why you like the A covers more than the variant covers. But, hope you have a good day, and be good. The next episode will be, well, hopefully it will be the... Marvel releases for this first week of January and after that it should be the indie comics releases for this week that's my game plan all right um goodbye and have a good day